You can spend your media budget more wisely when you know who you're trying to reach and what the messages are that you need to use to reach them. Learn there rather than test randomly. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Paris Garcia. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Jennifer Renault about activating consumer insights. Jennifer Renault has served as Masonite Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer since March of 2020. Jen is responsible for driving Masonite's marketing strategy and is working to evolve the brand to better meet the needs of the customers and get homeowners to think about their doors in a whole new way. Most recently, Jen led Masonite's first B2C marketing campaign, which took this 100-year-old company out of its B2B comfort zone and utilized customer insights to target homeowners directly. Jennifer, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Paris. I'm very excited to be here today. So could you tell our listeners about the comprehensive ethnographic research that you've carried out? Yes. So back in 2019, we hired an insights agency to help us learn more about our strategic value targets, meaning the people who actually open and close doors and walk past through them every single day. And so we wanted to make sure we understood a little bit more about them, um, understand what problems they may have, you know, in their home and in life and living. Uh, we wanted to make sure we could articulate how we would solve them uh, and then get back into, you know, kind of validating the idea, make sure that we could really engage with our SVTs in different ways. So, um, so we got started, you know, back at that time, we interviewed a lot of uh, different homeowners, builders, contractors, dealers, distributors, retailers, um, to make sure we understood more about the needs around doors. Nice. And how did you activate this data to ensure the entire org is better connected to your strategic value targets? Wow. Okay. So that was really interesting because for us, I mean, let me start with, with how we look at the entire org. So first of all, at the time when we got started, we didn't have that many marketers. I mean, when you think about it, um, we were a company that was really focused on engaging really our primary initial customer, which is a distributor audience. And so we had a few people who could do trade shows and some catalogs, and that was about it. So we had a couple of things that we needed to do. One, we had to have everyone believe that engaging with the homeowner in a different way was really going to transform the business. Um, so we started there. You know, we started um, hiring different people um, in the marketing organization, people who could actually engage both in a digital environment and the continued analog environment, meaning you know, when you're still going to a brick and mortar location in order to purchase a door, um, you know, to see it, to really, you know, open and close it, get a feel for what it's like. We wanted to make sure that we were, you know, fully connected um, across the, uh, the company. So from a marketing perspective and a sales perspective to understand how we would engage a little bit differently. And it was interesting to take the data that we had and say, you know, here's the research. But then we had to go in and we actually had to start doing something with it. You know, we had to go in and, and make sure that we could actually engage. So we started by testing different marketing campaigns and different concepts to see what the results would be. Innovative. So how did these insights help Masonite redefine the buyer journey, especially when it came to product and go-to-market strategy? Oh my gosh, that has been the wildest uh, 
iterative journey that we could have possibly been through. I think the thing that was really interesting is at the beginning when the research was really set, the commentary was that it was fairly easy to buy a door. And, you know, if I just took my own personal experiences, I thought it's not that easy. So could this actually, is the buyer journey research really as comprehensive as it needs to be? So we went back and did additional research specifically on the buyer journey and really broke it apart into a lot of discrete pieces. For us, it was, you know, like more than 20 different stops on the journey um, that would help us understand where people engage, you know, in different ways um, with the content, how they get through inspiration and selection, how they get to decision making and then purchase how they get to install and then, of course, fall in love with the door that they have in their home, you know, whether it's an uh, exterior, interior door. That also helped us think then a little bit more about what should our relationships look like um, with different uh, dealers and different retailers and how can we change up um, the content that people are exposed to, um, and in some cases, our packaging, and in other cases, you know, did we need to make product changes as well that would make it for you know easier to install, for example, or easier to maintain? And so, those are the things that we really started looking at throughout what we learned um, from the buyer's journey work. And I love this part for you because you just tell it so well and make it so easy for people, day-to-day people to understand marketing. Could you tell us about the success you've had in growing business from barn door kits by refining your customer profile and the marketing strategy in a relatively short period? Oh my gosh. Okay. So the barn door kit story is probably for me, one of the most fun stories. It was right after I started at Masonite. And on the very first day, um, there was a CEO of a company who posted a photo of her doing a conference call from her bedroom closet. And she stated she was there because the room had a door. And I thought, oh my, like, this is my first day at Masonite. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this incredible opportunity we have to really start talking about doors. And, you know, I went back to my team and I thought, oh my gosh, like, what could people like, what can people buy today? Like, how can they, how can they get in there and get a door right now that would solve this problem of, of allowing us to have kind of peace and quiet in our home while we're all at home at the beginning of the pandemic. And if we remember what it was like then when we were trying to manage, you know, if you have, you know, a house, a household of people, you know, working, schooling, playing, resting, you know, a lot was needed to happen in that home at a very short period of time. And one of the people on the team said, hey, we've got these barn door kits at one of our retailers. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's great, because you can turn any space into a private space in no time at all with a barn door kit. And so, you know, I said to the team, great, we're going to we're going to run a campaign right away. Like there are things that we can do quickly that will get people to understand how this solution could actually solve their problem. And so the team, you know, they were so, they were great. They were like, yeah, that's going to take us six to eight weeks. And I was like, wow, that is not going to happen because this pandemic's not going to last that long. What I was thinking in my mind at that time. Uh, and so I said, guys, we got to do this in like 72 hours. We are going to capitalize on this as quickly as we can. 
And, you know, it was really interesting. So now we looked at this and we had to say, okay, now we know who our SVT is. So we were able to say, this is the, you know, these are the people who are probably going to choose this, you know, people who are, you know, large families at home, for example, or, you know, multiple, you know, employed people at home, and they need to be able to figure out how to work together in the same space. So we said, here's how we're going to go storytell. Because at the beginning, you would have said, you know, a barn door kit is a door with uh, hardware, as opposed to saying, what's the human need that we're solving for here? And how can we tell that story just a little bit differently? And so 72 hours later, we went out and did the marketing activities that we wanted to do, which was primarily, you know, a, a paid search activity and some paid ads. And uh, I mean, we just sold doors like crazy. I mean, we grew our business by, you know, more than 200% in a short period of time in that category. It was phenomenal. And for us to be able to say we understood that customer profile, we understood the need that they had at the time, we wrote the content that matched it, and then we communicated to that profile in a meaningful way that we could start to engage with them, led to that you know result of being able to grow. I just love that story. It's so relatable. It's a fun one. <laughs> it, it definitely is. I, I might use it. <laughs> What are some of the challenges you could face while trying to activate consumer insights? Any insight that you would like to share with our listeners who might be interested in, in, in implementing such a program? So I think the interesting thing about consumer insights first is that we tend not to invest in getting meaningful consumer insights, meaning it makes a lot of sense to hire an agency that specializes in consumer insights to go out and do that research and build you appropriate ethnographic targets. So for example, we could have said we're going to target homeowners, but in reality, there's a lot of differentiation in homeowners and how they relate to that purchase process of doors. So we actually have more discrete uh, uh, segmentation than you would have that, you know, that wouldn't be just age, for example, or gender. It's very much how they relate to their home and how they relate to their life. And I think it's really fascinating when you do that research to really, you know, to glean those insights out of it. I would also make sure that when you make that investment, that you know that you're going to learn that first bit and you're going to start testing those concepts and you're going to get data and results that come back from this. And then you're going to go do a little more research because you're going to say, wow, that that didn't I didn't get the result I was expecting. And so now I want to learn a little bit more. And so I would say for people, make sure that you are putting the right budget into it. I would actually carve out. I know some people hate this, but I would carve out some of your media budget for that because you could spend your media budget more wisely when you know who you're trying to reach and what the messages are that you need to use to reach them. Learn there rather than test randomly is my, you know, my number one piece of advice in being able to do this. And if people ask me, I spend more money in my insights, actually I probably spend an equal amount in insights as I do in media spend right now. And I would tell you I'm getting a really, really great result for doing that exact activity. Steady 81's race. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. How are you and your organization adapting to the current economic downturn? No, I could totally return that to Steady Eddie Wins the Race. <laughs> um, I would actually say what's really interesting in the economic downturn, and I would say this just in general, whether you're, whether you're in an upswing or a downturn, stick to your strategy. Don't let panic set in. Make sure that you are every day looking at if you're, you know, your, your corporate strategy shouldn't change 
So making sure that you have your strategy set and you are activating against it, that you go back again and again and again, that you have people in your organization who you know, are challenging you to make sure that you are staying with it, that you can weather um, downturns and you can manage the upturns. There can be a lot of excitement in an upturn as well. And to really make sure that you are, you know, the, to the, you know, the steady and constant um, absolutely does win the race that you just, you stay focused on what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So Goodreads, is there a book, blog, newsletter, website, or video that you would recommend for our listeners? Yes. I have a book that I've been reading recently that I think just timing wise is really interesting. Um, and it's Gratitude Through Hard Times by Chris Shumra. And I would actually say I probably read like the first chapter and it was already a really interesting, I'll call it life-changing experience for me. Um, and I think being able to think about um, uh, what you're grateful for and be accepting, uh, even in the tough times, I mean, we can be thankful in the, you know, a little bit more easily when things are really going your way, but when things are hard to still have a sense of peace um, around what go, what's going on in your life, I think is really helpful, given that we just talked about the current economy and kind of the stress we're all feeling right now anyway, on top of the stress we were already feeling from a pandemic and everything else that's gone on in the world. True. Um, some good people. Can you share the names of three inspirational leaders in the B2B space that you would recommend we bring on the show? So I have, um, you know, I've got three people that I, you know, think about pretty frequently that actually I like to call on myself. So I think they'd be great for your show also. Um, the first one is, you know, my longtime friend, uh, the person I, the person known as the CMO whisperer, Steve Olensky. And um, I've worked with Steve in a number of different ways in the past, and I probably still pick up the phone and call him and or text him at least once a week to really just get a pulse on what's going on in the industry in general and what's going on in marketing and just what's going on in humanity. And I just think it's a, he's just a really great person to check in with. I would say number two, someone that um, I've also worked with in the past uh, and again, you know, these are, you know, Steve's probably better well known. I'm going to give you a couple people now who are probably not as well known, but you should know. Um, Allison Webb Fentio, who's at Vertiv. Um, it's a company that I worked with in the past as well. It's a data center infrastructure company. Um, it's a company I say to people all the time, you don't know the brand, but you love them because they're keeping data centers running all over the world. Um, but Allison leads uh, the channel marketing effort and I think America's marketing. And I think she's just a genius at, you know, for building marketing for indirect channels and building engagement programs with indirect channels. And so I just think she's just a really amazing channel marketer um, and someone to know. And last, I think someone who's really interesting to know is a woman named Lucy Rainey. So she was at Pods and was a Comcast in the past um, but now she's doing a lot of executive coaching as well. And she's got great insights for marketers um, from both a career perspective and a business perspective. And I think finding people who are really thinking about how to balance, um, you know, balance your career and balance all of your marketing activities are, you know, just really phenomenal. And there are three people that I'm grateful to be able to call friends as well. Um, but I certainly like to be able to call them and count on them and learn so much from them every time I'm in a conversation with them. I love that. Sponsorship is so important in marketing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think about that all the time. I mean, the people who have sponsored me, 
uh, I every time something really great happens in my career, I definitely call them and say thank you again. Uh, but, and then when things aren't going so well, I also call them and ask for their help. So it works out really nicely that I get to check, I get to check with them, check in with them pretty frequently. I love that. I can still remember the person who did the whiteboarding sesh that made me think about marketing to this day. Oh yeah. It's great when you have people like that. There are people that I can go all the way back into the beginning of my career, um, and absolutely say, wow, you know, you really, really transformed and really set the stage for where I am today and who I wanted to become, uh, in my career as well. So how can people get in touch with you after this podcast? Well, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm at, I'm at Jennifer Z Renault. Uh, so it's linkedin.com slash in slash J Z Renault, R E N A U D. Awesome. Um, I really enjoy having you on our podcast today. Thanks for being on our show. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Today's episode is made possible by demand base. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 